0: This is Wicked Spursy, a simple conversation about our football club, Tottenham Hotspur. Look for us at the start of every week on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find us on Twitter, where we are, at Wicked Spursy. Come on you Spurs, and let's get started with the show. All right, this is Wicked Spursy. You are joined by Dave, Mike, and Steve, three of the members of Vermont Spurs. And we are here to talk about the week that was and the week ahead and um, talk about our shared passion and love,
1: Tottenham Hotspur. Steve, how are you doing today, sir? Well, you know, been better, but, yeah, that seems to be a a recurring theme these days. A a
0: long recurring theme without a break. Absolutely. Mike, how about you? How's it going? I'm doing
2: well. It was a, it was a good week. Work is, work is there, you know, but, um, we get a little bit of a reprieve from work, uh, to do more work, uh, for the pod, you know, our research and such. So that, that, that part was a little tough, but we'll get to that.
0: Still more fun than work though. I have to say when it's all, when it's all said and done. Um, So we're recording this the weekend after a a. 7am West Ham loss. So it's, um, it's a, it's a challenging time to be a Spurs fan. I was, I was thinking as, as that match was coming to a close and you knew it was going to end the way it did, you know, like you, I don't know if you guys have dogs, but we had two dogs. We uh, had to put one down last fall, so we have one dog now. But, you know, sometimes a dog will pee in the house, and you still love the dog even though they pee in the house. But I just feel like our dog keeps peeing in the house and uh, still still love the squad, but I'm sick and tired of them not following directions and not doing what we'd, uh, we'd hoped that they would do. Any analogies coming to mind for you guys? Well, you know what? It's like
2: like punching yourself in the face over and over and over again. And you're like, ah, God, that hurts. And then you just keep punching yourself in the face.
1: Bingo. Yeah, I was thinking more like, you know, you're late at night. You get up to get a glass of water and you keep bumping your head or your knee or whatever it is on the same, you know, dresser. And you think, you know, one of these days I'm going to move that so it's not in the way when I get up. But next night you get up for some water and bam, there it goes again and hit yourself you just keep putting it off over and over again. It's like you almost love the pain, right? <laughs> because you It's like it. a
2: Christmas vacation when Chevy Chase cuts the the top of the new post off. says so new post is fixed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Another good example. We bring it upon ourselves. Um let's uh let's look back at this this week. So midweek we had the, the Europa match against Wolfsburg. We've got them coming up again middle of this upcoming week, uh, a pretty resounding win. I believe we could easily win the Austrian Bundesliga every year. I think that's a, a given. If we need to to look for a different league to to get a <laughs> shot at, but Steve, let's start with you. What do you think about that match in terms of lineups and how we how we executed on the pitch?
1: You know, I got to say, i it was a little odd for me. You know, the of Soko midfield. I just I hate it. I, I, to be frank, I just absolutely despise when both of the one or the other, never both is my philosophy right now. But, uh, I mean, what can you say for one, of course, the one was a silly Sissoko penalty, but <laughs> we got the goals. The attack was there. Um, you know, the, the team held their own. It's not exactly, you know, world-class opposition or anything, but, it's a job done and you know you can almost think of this upcoming match as like let's just hang up our hats for a bit you know get some of the uh younger guys out there for some experience and um you know see what what they're able to do with it but I mean the team went they did exactly what they needed to do they got the points convincingly it was a good game you know it was a lot of fun Mike what'd you think
2: I thought it was a great, it was a great, it was a fun game to watch. Um, I know a lot of people had problems with CBS, uh, CBS all access here in the States.
0: A few problems. Um, I I didn't, I didn't
2: seem to have any issues at all. I was, on. uh, I was, uh, kind of peeking at it during, uh, during work, but, uh, I was able to pop right on. I mean, it was not an issue for me at all, but, um, like overall, overall, I thought that it was a, it was a super fun game to watch. Um. you know, again, you have to take into consideration your 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 opponent, but at the same time, I mean, a lot of free flowing football. I think it was important that we got that we got Delhi out there because obviously he's not going anywhere, right? So he's he might as well get his legs back under him and you know get him out there on the pitch. Uh Bale had some moments where he was like, Wow, that's the old Bale, but again, yeah, definitely, you know, Austrian. Austrian team um but all things considered I think you know it was a pretty good game and why not uh you know why not next game now that we've got the away goals uh pretty much wrapped up there why not maybe throw some of the youngsters out there to get them uh, get them a little experience in this in this uh next round with Wolfsberger I don't know
0: no I absolutely absolutely agree with that sentiment like let's let the kids play a little bit because maybe
2: yeah, maybe give Hugo a rest, uh, throw Alfie out there. Who knows?
0: <laughs> Bingo, yeah. Joe Hart can keep resting as well. Let's, uh, yeah, let's
2: Joe Hart can, he right. can stay on the bus if he wants.
0: <laughs> you know, there's this interesting, in, in the post-match, and you know, again, the three of us several weeks ago were solidly pro-Jose. Like, let's keep riding this out and see where things are. And I, we'll talk later about, you know, have those sentiments changed. But there was this really interesting piece I was reading about regarding – Kane you know kind of how Kane had spoken up that he didn't think that he should make that trip and play that match and and the media was saying hey this is good Kane doesn't normally volunteer to sit down but Jose was kind of digging him out for it a little bit you know in his in his subtle Jose type of way like saying yeah I'd like to play him but you know he he didn't feel right basically do you guys have any reaction or did you come across that information in in a way that made you think one way or the other I didn't hear that um
2: I just assume he wasn't in there just for, just for purposes of rest. Um, fact that we didn't really need him, you know, I mean, it, a team like that, an opponent like that, you can run the ball through Lucas and Lamella all day long. And even, you know, even on the son who like admittedly, you know, I think I said before, he doesn't really perform as well without Harry Kane there. Like he needs his running partner. Um, you know, this isn't 2019, right? It's not that team. We don't play the same. We're not built the same. Um, So when Harry leaves, you know he's not there. He's sat or he's injured. Guess what happens? Sonny has a Sonny has a hard time out there. You know he didn't have that problem in 2019, and I think it had a lot to do with our free flowing attack back then. Now it's a little bit different, right? I mean, we don't have we don't have the defense. We don't have. we don't have a midfield that's that's really consistently playing right now um and i think it's because of the fact that you know Joe Zake's trying all these different combinations to to play with the uh, to play with pierre <laughs> and they looked like we'll get to today but it looks sloppy today it didn't look so bad against against uh wolfsburg but you know it is it it, it is what you kind of think it's going to be with when, when Harry is not there.
0: Yeah, no question. And your, your comment about the midfield, it seems like it's a constant search to find the right midfield to play with, to play with Pierre and to, to keep tangy where we need him to be on the pitch. Right. And this constantly revolving cast of characters, um,
1: it it, it seems to be hurting us much more than it's helping us. Steve, any opinions on that? Yeah. I mean, the tricky thing for me is that the midfields almost asked to play double duty at times because they essentially have to act as almost like third, fourth center backs because the two that are typically out there the last couple of games, Dyer Sanchez, I mean, you might as well just not play anybody at that rate. I mean, they're, you know, when we get into the West Ham game, I'm just going to start talking about some of it. Like (laughs) you see them, they're marking the same player, they're either Dyer's out of position or Sanchez is out of position or, you know, both of them are just kind of ball watching, not really paying attention to what's going on around them. It's just, you know, when you've got defenders that are kind of playing almost like this kindergarten ball, like everybody, let's just all push towards the ball and forget about everybody else around us. Then you're asking a lot of your midfield to drop back and almost pick up your slack. And when you've got somebody like Hoyberg, Sure. You know, he can do that, but he can't replace two center backs, but he can right. help out, you know, if some, if one of them's out of position, never both. Um, but when you've got both of them that are kind of underperforming and, and just not doing what they're supposed to be doing, then you need Ndombele to drop back and help out a bit. But we as a team need his creativity pushing forward. So, you know, remember this is a guy who wasn't willing or able or, trusted to play 90 minutes at a time and now we kind of need him on the field for 90 minutes to make something happen and and it's got to be offensively it's not going to be you know him constantly covering for Sanchez or for Dyer or, you know whoever else it might be and and you know I'm <laughs> I'm getting real frustrated with with the body language especially of those center backs I mean Mike I think you'd pointed out during the game or or maybe it was you date one of you guys did um you know, Dyer for the opening goal, he just turns around and he starts pointing at Tanganga. It's like, Dyer, you got sucked out of position. You weren't paying attention. You didn't make an effort to get your head on that. You kind of just stood there and watched it sail over you. Like, you know, Tanganga's got his own set of defensive responsibilities, but, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, that guy wasn't doing his job, so let's pretend that it's okay that I wasn't doing mine. It just doesn't fly with me. And, and well it, it all started. I mean, are we getting to West Ham already?
0: Yeah, let, let's <laughs> go. Right? Like, like, let's let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's put Austria to bed, right? We we yeah, had a yeah. great midweek game, four to one, feeling well, we'll good. Have another one. West Ham's let's a big listen. game on Sunday, we fall apart. Go, Mike.
2: Yeah, so listen, uh I mean, that all started because Sanchez got caught out of position, right? Sanchez is over is overplaying like almost like wingback, you know. So of course, when that ball gets floated in there like that, what's what's Tanganga going to do? He's got he's got to protect his backside, right? So I'm I'm kind of blaming that on the fact that Sanchez found himself out of position, and 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 Dyer and, and Dyer did nothing. Dyer watched that ball come in and did nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, as that ball was played in, you're kind of looking, oh, well, Dyer's right underneath the flight path. All he has to do is kind of just jump and, you know, hit hit it with his head, you know, bump it off trajectory, whatever. And he kind of just like, I don't know, it, maybe I, I have to go back and, and check it again. But it looked like he gave one of those like half-hearted little hops and decided, you know what, that's not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to get there. Um and it just sailed over him. I thought he might have been able to. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but the, the fact of the matter is, he just he stood there. He did nothing. He didn't backtrack. He didn't make any effort to go for if, the ball. He kind of just watched it.
2: Maybe that had to do. Maybe that I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of thinking about it right now. Like maybe that had to do with the fact that um, that Suchek just trucked Regulon. You know, and and everybody thought maybe thought, hey, there's a, they're eventually going to blow that whistle.
1: But I don't hey, know. I mean, that's that's why that's why you player.
2: found that's why you found Sanchez out of position. Yeah, I mean, get over and protect that. You're an old Dyer, Dyer wasn't doing it.
0: You're an old football coach. Play to the whistle. You teach kids that from a, the moment they start touching the ball, right? And and if that's the case, then our guys are standing around waiting for a penalty, and and we paid a big price. That that was the game right there.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically. Otherwise, that wide receiver is going to run right past you. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you know, so during during our chat during the match, um, you know, I was thinking like, hey, this would never happen. But if if Jose was going to sub out three guys at the half, who would it be? And, and my thoughts that I had in mind were you got to do something with the center back. So I'd say, hey, get Roden in. And my preference would be. Uh, I don't know what my preference would be, Dyer or Sanchez. I, I think both uh, need to go. It's just my opinion in the moment. And then Bale and Dele. Uh Bale and Deli did end up coming through, but Roden never made an appearance, and he didn't do anything with that with that defensive back line other than bring, bring Darty in and kind of shift to a, a funky back three type of scenario. Steve Roden was, wasn't even on the team today. Say it again? Roden wasn't on the on team sheet today, I don't think. at I, I didn't even catch that. He was in possibility. Yeah. That's, that's my bad. Lack of <laughs> um, Steve, you brought up the question, like, when do we just let the kids play, right? When do you put Roden and Tanganga in the back? Or, you know, when do you you just stop this Dyer and Sanchez experiment? Um, are they the best guys in practice? They must be because they keep showing up on the team sheet every week.
1: What are your thoughts about our defensive line with who we've got right now? I mean <sighs> – you know, somebody, uh, I was reading on, on, on Reddit earlier, somebody had pointed out, you know, we still have arguably a decent defensive record in, in terms of goals conceded. The problem that I have is the goals that we are conceding are coming from ridiculous individual errors. Dyer, Sanchez, you know, Ori giving away a penalty, Darty giving away a penalty. Um, it seems to be mostly on that right side. You know, Davies kind of not really doing a whole lot, um, you know, just being kind of like that average guy out there, um, you know, it's it's really getting to the point where I don't think top four is even likely for us anymore unless something changes. So if people are going to make individual mistakes, I would rather they be players that can learn from the experience and grow like a, a Rodan or, or, you know, a Fagan Walcott or, or Tanganga as center back instead of a, you know, right back or left back. You know, because I see more value in letting them make their mistakes that are going to cost us so that they grow and become better, and then next time they play, they don't make that mistake, rather than see a Sanchez do the exact same thing over and over, game after game, never learning from it, and costing us every single time. Like, you, you know... If they're unwilling to learn from their mistakes, if they're unwilling to grow as players, then they need to just sit on the bench or sit on the bus or not even travel at this point, because it's, it's not going to help us in the long run. It's, it's certainly hurting us in the short term. And, you know, at this point, again, if the season's beyond our reach, we're not going to get that top four spot throw the youngsters on, let them get the experience, let them make those mistakes. You know, if we're going to lose the game by a goal anyway, let it come from somebody who's, you know, not going to make the same mistake a, a second time instead of, you know, everybody who at this point sees Dyer, you know, kind of rushing or, you know, backpedaling, on, uh, you know, with a, an attacker coming at him and thinking, well, that's a goal. Like, obviously, you know, he's not going to be able to stop him. You know, I, I'd rather have that, that personal growth with a player than just, the haphazard nonsense that you would expect for, and these, you know, both Sanchez may be on the younger side, but you know, he's an established player. He's been playing in that position for a while. He's got the experience, you know, I just can't have, well, he's young as an excuse anymore. He's not learning from, from his errors. So give that spot to somebody who will learn.
2: You think i X I'll take him back or.
1: (laughs) They probably have like a no take backs in there. <laughs> you no <know, Right>. <laughs>
2: Goes back to the kindergarten soccer, right?
0: Right. No take, <laughs> no take backs. All yours. Hey, Steve, I do want to point out, you got a, a well-behaved, uh, sweet little guy hanging out there with you. So uh, any, any little back? Yeah, you know, he
1: felt like we didn't have a guest star this week, so he would just pop in. I've got my, uh, you know, seven-month-olds, uh, you know, recording with me today and, you know, he was also very disappointed in the game. You know, he kind of got to the point where he's like, I'm not watching this anymore. I'm going to zoom off in some other direction and, you know, just completely ignore it. And, you know, I can't say I blame him, to be honest. Good news for him with his attention span. He's gotten it over it already.
0: suppose, supposed to us who haven't gotten over it by any means. Um, What if we talk about this? What, what happens next? You know, there's obviously lots of question and conversation about the coach. Um, Mike, what do you think's really truly going to happen from here on out in terms of leading the team and and how the rest of the season plays out with what we're seeing?
2: I think we've been saying it since like kind of day one. Like we, our first podcast, we talked about how uh, we're probably right where we should be. You know, I mean, we're going to be. It looks like we're going to probably end up being a mid-table team this year. Um, now those those fellas. Uh, we won't mention their names on NBC today. Seem to point out that we were bottom, lower, lower half of the table, which is untrue. Maybe by the end of today, I don't know what's happening uh, elsewhere in the world of football. Um, as I mm-hmm. try and scroll through my ESPN app here, uh, by the way, they're terrible. I listened to some bo- or watched some Bundesliga yesterday. Uh, ESPN doesn't know how to do
0: soccer. No, we're still sitting. I'm night, not plugging night. them. We're still sitting ninth with the game in hand. We're on 36 points, Villa. Eight so, points. I
2: mean, yeah. I mean, look at, look, look at where we've been since the beginning of December. Um, what have we done since we, since we beat the scum, you know? So, we beat them to nothing. And then from then on, well, we got three wins. Uh, we beat Leeds. We beat West Brom. Did we beat West Brom, yeah, yep. and and we beat Sheffield United. I mean, we lost to Brighton. Uh, we drew with Burnley. We drew with Burnley, right? I mean, these 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 games that we need to be winning, we're not winning. I, we've got 15 games since since we played Arsenal. Uh, 13 points out of that. That's kind of that is. Bottom half of the table type stuff right there. Um,
0: so that's, now, Mike, that's exactly what we were before Poch got f- canned. So, yeah. like, what does that mean? We brought in seven guys this summer. Um, I, I think it means
2: that. Uh, I, I think it means that uh, you can bring in all the all the guys you want with all the money that you want. But if you don't have somebody leading you, that's going to make those m- make those decisions that help these guys play together then you're going to have 11 guys out there who don't know how to play together. And it shows like the, the midfield today was just so, it was just so damn sloppy. It was so ugly to watch. There was no connecting play at all. Like it's, it's all well and good when you got four guys, you know, driving the ball. But if you have no midfield to connect that play, be, you know, from the, from the defense to, to the forwards, then you're not you're not going to be able to succeed, and you're not going to be a top table team. That's for sure. You might not even make Europa the way we're playing right now. We might not. We need money, though.
0: <laughs> Steve, what do you think? How's this season going to play out? How's the coaching situation going to play out? What are your thoughts?
1: You know, it, it's tricky because it would be expensive to get rid of Josie at this point. But you know, you you have to start. You know, if I'm Daniel Levy, you have to start weighing what's more expensive, the short-term loss that you're going to take for getting rid of Mourinho and paying him however million dollars you're going to need to, or is it missing out on European football right. and any of that brand recognition? You know, if, if I'm him, I'm thinking, okay, well, can Marie, is Mourinho the guy who can turn this around? And even if we miss European football <laughs> this year, can he get it next year for us? And if the answer is no, then you got to cut ties and and get rid of him, you know? And, and there's a, I know that there's a big debate. Well, is it the players or is it the manager? And, you know, I, I understand where Jose comes from at times. I really do, where he's talking about these individual mistakes that keep costing us points. But, you know, as the manager, he's the guy who keeps playing the same players over and over again, you know, if they're making individual mistakes, if they're not fixing what he's instructing them to fix you gotta just put somebody else in there. I mean, he's finally, it seems like he's he's gotten Sissoko out um, for some of those errors. He's, I, I think Aurier's injured, but the fact that Darty didn't play until, you know, halftime uh, shows that he's kinda sick of the right back situation. Like this, he's gotta do something with that center back pairing too. Otherwise it's like, you know, yeah, Jose, blame the players all you want. They are responsible, yeah. but you're the coach. Either inspire them to do better, punish them until they do better, or get them out of there. Like that's on you, man. Like you really got to do that. Um, and you know, on kind of the same sort of train of thought, I want to ask both of you guys this. Jose in the post match said his coaching methods were methods were second to none. Does that ring true to either of you? Because I'm I'm hearing that like dude, you're in ninth in the league. Like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah. I think if you don't mind me taking a shot at that first, Steve, um, I've shared with you guys, I didn't play a lick of soccer growing up. You know, I I have adult onset onset um, soccer slash football fanaticism and, and love. Um, I sincerely think like I watch that team sheet come out each week and I say, really? Like, is that who we're going to put on the field with, with who we've got? And so, like, when a schmuck like me can question tactics that are allegedly second to none, I am scared to see what the rest of the world looks like if, if his, his crew is above and beyond anybody else. Um, and I would say the same kind of throughout the, the course of the games. You know, I, I think about any coaching I've done in the past one of the biggest parts of coaching preparedness is one thing, but the second thing is like getting into the psyche of your team and motivating guys or gals, whoever's playing for you to to be more together than they are as individuals. And that is something that I have not seen uh, in this last year. I would say when we came back from the the COVID lockdown, you know, that brief window, when we rallied to to make Europa and make sixth place, you saw some of that. Uh, But that may have been the dynamics of fresh legs and fresh minds. And we, and you know, other teams just weren't in as good a spot as we are but i don't see i don't see players truly being coached up maybe that's happening behind the scenes but it's definitely not happening in a way that translates to what what happens on the pitch on a saturday or sunday mike what do you think there's a,
2: well there's a lot of you got to think there's a lot of a big difference that you have between training methods and coaching methods right so i mean earlier in the season when uh, when we were near or around or at top of the table harry kane had said i'm i am the fittest i've been in my career because of the way that jose trains us sure great maybe his ta- maybe his his training is maybe second to none but that doesn't mean his coaching is right again throwing guys under the bus. Like he's constantly throwing guys under the bus. You know, he's making me like him less and less. I, I still love, love his enthusiasm on the sidelines. And in fact, I still think he looks like he's fighting for his players, but at the same time, when you come out, you you come out in a press conference after the game and throw everybody under the bus. And that's partially so that he doesn't have to take the, you know, the, the brunt of the shot from the, from the press. I mean, He's still doing it now, even though there's only one person in front of him, right? You would normally have a bunch of press asking him questions. In a press conference after a game, you got one person from NBC Sports or Sky Sports asking him questions. So he doesn't need to be throwing people under the bus. It's not the way to coach people up. Um, I I feel like he's gotten his tactics wrong. And again, who am I to say? I'm just, even if I... Was criticizing, say, you know, Ron Rivera, who's my my football coach, right? Who am I to say? I'm not, I, I, I know football. I know from what I've seen is not working with Jose, with what he's doing. His tactics are wrong. It looks like his team selection is wrong almost 90% of the time, unless he's playing an inferior team, like, you know, with our Europa tie this week, but. You know, I'm starting to to lean Jose out now. Like, and I don't see a way for him ahead here. So he's either getting sacked at the end of the season or he's getting sacked in the next week because, like, I I think I said it last week, this West Ham, if he didn't win this game, I think he's gone. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's build on what you just said, Mike. Which is let's let's assume that what you just said is a foregone conclusion that he's gone either in June or he's gone next week um which is better for the team long term and, and have you seen this before? Have you felt this way before steve what do you what are your thoughts on that like what what is the best long term move
1: The long term move is going to come down entirely to who they pick as a replacement for him. You know, if they're going to use just a caretaker manager chalk this season up and then go in hard for somebody established in the summer, maybe that is the right play. You know, you look for somebody short term to just salvage it. Uh, I just don't know who that would be. You know, you have to imagine most of that coaching staff would go with Jose if he were to leave. Um, and I can't think of anybody who's really available right now. You know, I, I mentioned it what was it last week two weeks ago where I said Allegri's out of a job maybe he would be but again that would be an expensive signing from a manager perspective and you would look for somebody like that to really build on it I think that would be an excellent long-term signing um, but for some reason it looks like just based on the betting odds that you're seeing Brendan Rodgers is the favorite and I mean I don't see him coming on board at this point in the season. His Leicester yeah. team are top of the table. Yeah. We're ninth place. Like, why would you jump ship for Spurs right now? Like, that's that just seems like a disaster. You know, maybe in the summer if Brendan Rodgers thinks that he can do more with the Spurs team, sure, but I not right now. And, again, that comes down to do you see this season as being salvageable? <clears throat> or do you just chalk it up let somebody else have the reins and try to do something fun kind of like what we did with Tim Sherwood you know way back in the day what was that like a decade ago now (laughs) Um, just don't keep him on any longer than that caretaker period we saw how disastrous that was Um, but you know maybe that's what we need to do maybe we need to look at you know who's who's in charge of our youth setup let them take a shot at it for a little while and, and you know go for somebody that you know maybe the the top brass want um during the summer but i i don't know it, it just seems like it's one of those things where i know a lot of us as fans we're kind of sick and tired of losing all the time and we're looking for that answer but y- you also have to remember that this is you're absolutely right like this whatever decision they make is going to be you know it's going to have repercussions for the long term not just the immediacy so you got to be really smart about it um and like I said, I just don't know who you bring on midseason to to write the ship, unless yeah, chalk the season up.
2: I, I've I've never been a fan of like the mid the midseason firings, coach firings. They 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 rarely bring anything good. The guy the guy the caretaker position that 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 coach rarely gets signed on as the next guy. Um, Because he's still playing with the same playbook and the same tactics as the, as the previous guy that, you know, he was probably hired to work with. So you look at somebody like Sacramento, like that guy has probably been gunning for a managerial job for the past few years, young, young guy, energetic. I think that, I think that he was probably hoping that this thing with Jose worked out for the three years and then, he would just kind of fall into that spot and take over, you know, a seamless transition. But, you know, the Brendan Rogers thing, I, I feel like Steve's probably uh, reading it. Uh, do you see that in the French press or something? They, uh, <laughs> was something, BBC was they, they tend it. to make that kind of stuff up, just random things. He didn't say that, did he?
1: Yeah, BBC had it. They tweeted it out a couple hours ago. <laughs> oh, my God. I just don't, I don't see him leaving last <laughs> year. That's crazy. No,
0: not midseason by any means. All right, but let's keep playing it out. Let, let's assume José's gone at the end, at least at the end of the year. Um, what would you would you rather? Would you rather Jose stays through the year, wins the Europa League, and then is fired, or Jose's fired. Uh, caretaker manager, and I, I'd lean against Joe Sacramento just because he's one of Jose's guys. So, uh, you know, I I always see it as when the manager gets fired, he takes his crew with him. You know, maybe Sacramento would stick around, but do you take a Ledley King, who we know is not ready for primetime, but do you let him caretaker manage with with some some wise assistance underneath him to just get through the season? Like, which, which is stronger, the push for silverware or the – the spirit of the club as as you you move into the future. What do you think?
2: You know, I they I listen when Jose got hired, they've been that had been in the works for weeks. They they knew you know and they just used they what was it Burnley that got pat got that got potch fired?
0: Yeah, that was his last yeah. wasn't it?
2: So I mean they they had already had that in the in the works, right? If 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 they're going to do a, mid, a mid-season firing, they've got something in the works already. I don't think there's going to be a take caretaker manager. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe Sacramento would stick around. Maybe he's like, I've had enough of this. I'm ready. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, I mean, the likelihood of that is probably no. You're probably going to – if it happens, you, if they don't have anybody in, waiting in the wings – they don't have a deal, you know, in the works, you're going to end up with Ledley
0: probably. Yeah. With- Sacramento's training tactics would be second to none, right? Because Jose and his guys. Uh, only,
2: second, I mean, only second to Jose.
0: Yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's uh, – I, I feel like we've beaten this horse to death, and, uh, but it needs beating. Um, but let's move on anyway. Let's, let's look ahead at the next week. So we've got uh, Wolfsburger midweek on Wednesday. I think that's a noon game. And then we got Burnley on Sunday at home for us, nine o'clock on Sunday. You know, you look at those two matches, those should be wins. I think the Wolfsburgers probably close to a slam dunk. I'm curious to see what we do with the kids. Burnley, you never know, right? They're they're sneaky dangerous and they can embarrass us. What are, what are your
1: thoughts, Steve, looking ahead at the two matches coming up this week? I mean, I think the, the Europa League draw has got to be all squared away. I mean, if we throw away three away goals, at this point, then we don't, there's no way we're winning the league. We don't deserve to be in it at all. If we can't keep a three goal cushion uh, at home, mind you, uh, with the team that we have, I am sure that Jose will keep some, you know, starters on the bench um, as an insurance policy in case things do go wrong. Uh, but I just, I, you know, having watched that game or as much of it as I could, thanks again, CBS. Uh <laughs> Yeah. You can't laugh right? just because you had the full stream all, all day. I know. It was great. <laughs> the full stream, I got it after like half an hour. It was, right. But I mean, it's the same sort of thing from what I did see, they should have the quality to see it out. I don't really have any thought in my mind that, that, you know, Wolfsburg is going to be able to turn it around and, and attack us that hard. Uh, so for me, that's gotta be a win. That'll be good at the very least. Um the loss really is going to be all of us who have to rely on CBS to have a decent stream again Um, because look <laughs> I, I, I should have said it earlier it's been on the back of my mind probably West Ham has driven it out but if there's one goal that I have with this podcast right now it's to grow our audience base so big that the guys over at the Europa League who are deciding who gets streaming rights never give it to CBS again like that would be <laughs>
0: that's our objective uh, right there that's it
1: <laughs> yeah you know forget anything about talking spurs like this is my one-man vendetta against cbs uh <laughs> but anyway uh the that's Burnley what they match, get for
2: keeping star trek all of themselves <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you gotta have all access to watch star
1: trek <laughs> the, the Burnley match for me that's where it gets interesting you know dave i think you're spot on that they have the, the potential to kind of embarrass us again it's one of those games that should be a win we all look at where they are and, and what they're capable of and think yeah you know no problem um but then the game happens and it looks like everybody's asleep you know we see the same thing over and over again these should win games the players start sluggishly you know things don't go our way we're not getting the shots off that we should be and then you know 80 minutes suddenly everybody wakes up and they want to try to get people all of a sudden there's urgency with 20 minutes
0: left to play or 10 yeah. minutes left to
1: play, right? My gut, my gut tells me that, you know, managerial changes aside, I'm assuming that Jose is still at the reins. My gut tells me that Burnley's going to frustrate. They're either going to play for the draw or they're going to get like some stupid early goal and then just sit back and there's nothing Spurs are going to be able to do about it. You know, they'll get in that nice compact shape, cut out all the space. We won't go wide. Um, the, the, nice thing is we do have Reggie back. And if Aurier's fit again, we should have some guys on the you know outside flanks to, to whip balls in um, that might help, but I just don't see a compact team like Burnley losing from a winning position um, at the way Spurs are playing right now. It should be a win. You know, Spurs have the better team by far on, on paper, at least, but in practice, Burnley are probably going to be the ones to come away with, you know, more to celebrate, whether it's a, a draw or the three points. Um, I really hope that, that Spurs proved me wrong and they take whatever momentum we might get from midweek, uh, you know, Europa League hopefully win um, and, and just put them to bed and, and start to right the ship. But I, I'm not seeing anything over the last couple of league games that suggests that Spurs are capable of doing that right now.
2: I, wanna, I just want to I just want to uh, have a podcast where we don't sound like three angry old men. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if they, if they were on... Like, man, seat. we need to throw some jokes around. Yeah, right.
1: You know? Jeez, <laughs> meme bro. of the week. It's time for the meme of the week, everyone. I would just um, so- absolutely love for us to have... You know, an hour where we're sitting here and we're just laughing about. Oh man, did you see that awesome? Let's just replay what each of us were doing during that phenomenal sun run during, like the you know the the Puskas Award winning uh, goal he had. Uh, like that would be an awesome time. I'm sure people would love to hear us, you know, just talking about us. You know, on second thought, I think the uh, angry old men thing might be working to our advantage at this point. I don't know, Dave. <laughs> you the you we might have a lot more to talk sure. about
2: being angry. <laughs> Listen, um, I, I think Bale start, starts against Burnley. I think he's got it. He's, he's starting to come into form. He looks fresh out there. He does. I, I, I think this thing with his knee maybe was what held him back in training and everything. You know, it, he looks like he's a little more uh, willing to move his feet around the ball i mean um the one thing you know i think that you either see a lamella or a lucas out there um either one's going to be the same the same guy except i think you know with lucas i think lucas would be more able to push the ball through the middle just because of his size and his speed i think lamella likes to take a lot of chances from the outside of the box which I see, I saw Lucas do about four times today.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were trying to kick field goals today on a number of occasions, weren't we? I don't,
2: I, I don't understand. Like, yeah, Lamella had a had a couple of nice field goals. Uh, you know, none of them were blocked, so that's nice.
1: No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I I think I my it says that Bale starts on on uh, against Burnley, and I think Lucas starts um, only because when he's out there and it, it must be a training thing. Like Lucas works his tail off, man. He, when he's out there, he's jumping over the top of everybody. He tracks back and he tries to play defense. The only his, his big problem is that you know he loves to he loves to try and get fancy with his feet and he always drives like into a dude who's standing right in front of him and he doesn't see him because he doesn't look up. Right. He's always looking at his feet to see what he can do with the ball. You know, he's looking at other guys' feet to see if he can sneak it through. You know, he's going to look up every once in a while. Um, you know, I mean, he should have had a second goal today, and he just barely missed that that cross from – what was it? Was it Sonny who crossed it to him, and he just barely missed it?
0: That was Kane, wasn't it?
2: Oh, it was Kane. Yeah, beautiful little tapping. So, I mean, I think you see those two guys start against Burnley. is going to play against Wolfsburg, and I think we got a lot of the young guys are going to be out there too. So. Um, be nice to see Dan Scarlett out there. Um, we need to maybe give Hoiberg a break. (laughs) That guy's tired, so I I I think it's going to be a good week coming up. I feel like we got a a nice two-one win on us against Burnley, and uh, probably I'm going to say we're going to keep a clean sheet against Wolfsburg.
0: So that would be fantastic. I, I I'd go for that. I I'd like to have that. Positive podcast next week where we uh, can be happy and talk about fun things. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, you know, because we've never really like talked about this for the sake of whoever might be listening to us. You know, the reason why we decided to do this podcast among the three of us is in the COVID context. We just wanted to figure out how to stay connected with the the folks that are in the Spurs Supporters Club in Vermont that we're part of, and this just felt like a way to. To talk about the things that we talk about with each other, Steve uh, does a great job of, of writing out pre match analysis and even post match analysis. Sometimes that was kind of our springboard to to say, hey, some of us could could talk about this. And then then we said, yeah, we should probably keep it family friendly because you know you want somebody to be able to listen to it with their seven month old in their lap or you know with their elementary school age kid in the car. Although we will admit that is challenging at times. So if we ever screw up the family friendliness quotient. Uh, please don't hold that, that against us. We're, we're trying to, trying to make that work, but I'm
2: bound um, to do it at some point.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, and ultimately the three of us are having a lot of fun and and we're trying to bring guests in occasionally next week. We've, we actually have uh, Katie, who is from the Albany Spurs supporters group. She's going to be joining us. So it'll be cool to talk to someone uh, from outside of our group. Just like a week ago, we talked to Brian from, from Rhode Island and we got, we got a couple other irons in the fire with that, but um Always looking to have you know good guests on to, to join us and keep us from being completely three grumpy old men talking about Spurs. So uh, with that, to anybody listening, if um, if you ever have questions you want us to talk about it, if you know how to email us, if you know how to email us, some of you do, uh, feel free to just send us anything you want us to talk about. If you don't have that, just um, feel free to DM our, our Twitter account, which is at Wicked Spursy, and just send us any questions or, or comments that you might have. We'd, we'd love to work anything and everything into the show. So, gentlemen, with that, I think it's time to wrap up. I appreciate, as always, talking with you. I hope you have a good, good week ahead. Mike, any final comments
1: before we hit the road? Come on, you Spurs. Good
0: enough. And Steve?
1: Yeah, I got to go with Mike here. Come on, you Spurs. Let's turn this thing around and and have some positivity next week. Although Excellent. to be fair, I'm sure if we recorded right after the Europa League game, it would probably be way more positive. But, you know, unfortunately, we have to do the weekend thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> unfortunately. I
2: was so excited to go to work on Friday, too. I was like, yeah, I'm wearing my, <laughs> I'm wearing my Spurs scrub cap today. <laughs>
0: Funny how that works, isn't it? How how one result will uh, will affect those kind of decisions. Yeah, with that, thanks, guys. And we are wicked Spursy. And as the, the other two gentlemen said, come on, you Spurs. Be safe.